I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of Overlooked and Undercooked, season three. Now, this is a tricky one, so Guy's going to explain what's going on. So, it's tricky because uh, some people are having trouble understanding the name of the special. This is called Asian Mama Mexican Kids, and do you know why, Tim? (laughs) I couldn't be more angry at you. (laughs) I threw up a fucking inflated child's beach ball for you to lightly tap back into the court and you fucking brought a needle and popped it unbelievable it's because i can't believe you found a way <laughs> guys we've already recorded the season i've had it up to fucking here with guy montgomery's reminder of the ethnic makeup of this family that's referred to in the special we're time traveling right now we are doing this after we've recorded all the other episodes because the audio unfortunately got lost for our guest's part. And our guest, I'm delighted to say, is Joseph Moore. Yes. Hi, Joseph. Hello. So, Such a privilege to watch this show again. You're listening to this as our third episode. We have recorded this after all the we've other recorded episodes. recorded this months after the entire season I, has been done. I'm so interested in your commitment to the canon of this episode that you're still placing it where it was. So should you guys should you guys be behaving this entire time like this is only the third time you've seen it? No, I've worried It's impossible to do that. We don't lie to the audience. Well, we why don't, don't we do just it. put make this the last episode? It's well, I've said it out loud now. It's the no, no, that, no, 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 no. That, 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 that doesn't make any sense. Okay. No. Uh, in, ca- in case we reference things that are brought up later in the season, <laughs> there's an arc. This whole season's got an arc. What I would like to season. say is this so the special is so named because Rob Schneider's <laughs> mother is uh, Asian. He's got an Asian mama. But his kids? Philip, uh, Filipino. Yeah. Mm. His kids, however, are, are Mexican. Yeah. Why did he go broad continent description for his mother and specific for his uh, I, for his wife? One of so many questions I Surely have. Surely Asian mama, Hispanic kids, mm. or, or Filipina mama, Mexican, Mexican kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, options are bound. It is interesting to think about, isn't it, why he said it on the title that he did. But um, I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same page now. We know what we've watched. We know why it was called what it was called. Why? Uh, why is it called Asian Mama? <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> uh, the Mama is Asian, Rob's Mama. But the kids, they're Mexican. I. Uh, What's his dad? Insist that we move on. Not mentioned <laughs> at all. <laughs> No, I don't think so. There's a picture of him at the end of the credits, I think. No, it's his mom. No, I think there's both of them, isn't there? I don't oh, know. no, you're right. No, yeah. it is just his, 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 as we would say in New Zealand, mum. 
Yes. So this is... Uh, Why didn't they change the name for Netflix New Zealand so we can understand? Yeah, I know, right? They really should have. It's sort of if culturally they, If they could change Philosopher's Stone to Sorcerer's Stone, yeah. they could easily make this Asian mum. Do you reckon he would then have to um, Mexican read Mexican little, little, uh, little rascals. That's <laughs> what we call kids here. That's what we call kids here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we've, we've watched... Tim and I have now watched this eight times. Joseph, you've now watched it three times? Probably. Yes. <laughs> more than most of your guests. That, that shouldn't be the case. <laughs> Probably two more than you thought. So I, I'd watched it on my own accord, Yeah, which made you go... Hey, do you want to do the podcast? And I watched it again for the podcast, and then we lost the audio. I'm going, uh, to, I'm going to say I lost the audio. Can you please rank the uh, enjoyment of the special in order from first? <laughs> well, third this, third, this third viewing today was my first one, not alone. So the social element was really nice, and I introduced a rule that we used to have in a flat I used to uh, live in, whereby uh, if the audience claps, you clap. Yes. And it's quite a good way of seeing how often the audience claps. Yeah, and it's it's just good to feel part of something. We used Mm. to do it in the house I lived in, and we'd watch David Letterman. Are you familiar with that show? You know about this? Yeah, he was a late-night talk show host. So they In New Zealand, they used to play the episodes about a month late, so you'd get a nice preview for a movie from early June. (laughs) And and, uh, we'd watch Letterman every night at our house, and you had to applause every time the audience did at any joke. See, do you know, this This would make more sense to me if it happened in 2020 during um, one of the lockdowns where we were longing for human connection, but you were doing this years ago yes. when you could actually just go out <laughs> and was, enjoy live entertainment. Yeah, that was, there was a world of it out there for us, but, <laughs> but no, we wanted to see... Um, Gerard Butler talk about uh, one of his famous one films. of his famous films, <laughs> President Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck, um, I was re- Eagle Down. No, that's not it. What was the one where the White House gets penetrated? Uh, there's three of them. What? Um, Only one with him though. Surely. No, he's in all of them. London has fallen. Olympus has fallen, and Angel has fallen. Was he in Three Hundred as well? Yeah, he was. I always get Gerard Butler and um, Clive Owen confused. Does that make sense to anyone? Nope. Is that anything? They're very different. (laughs) Um, So, Guy, you brought up that it was so nice and... Well, I don't know if you actually said nice. You said it was so different to watch this out of a lockdown context. Because when we were doing the rest of these episodes, we were kind of all watching them... I think we watched all of them solo, um, respectively, and then came together on the internet. No, no, we started during lockdown, and by the end of it, we were were in person, sitting shoulder to shoulder. Oh, right. Um, but yeah, it just feels like inside of the fog of a lockdown and a repeated viewing system, it sort of, uh, you lose sight and I was more liable to become angry at Rob Schneider because I didn't like the material. But in this instance, uh, it sort of casts a much sadder shadow over the whole thing. And I feel like I'm looking, I'm watching it more like I can see the distance between myself and my relationship to the material. So I'm watching it more objectively with more distance between me. And it's just quite a, um... Well, it's just a bit sadder. Yeah, how how would you describe it, Joe? It Rob Schneider claims throughout it to speak for all men. Yes, um, and it it made me sad for him, but also worried for myself because he could be right. Yeah, what if you might have pick potential? <laughs> <laughs> not yet, but I'm not fifty yet, like him. Maybe, and you know, yeah, we could well, have, I, we, we could, could we could have similar career trajectories. You I don't think so, Joe. <laughs> I think you could. There are some useful, for instances, in here. So, in Rob Schneider's world, uh, all men when they they uh, 
when they go on a date with a woman, they only want sex. And if if a relationship happens, less so sex, fuck more it. specifically to grab her breasts yes. with, without her knowing. Yes. Um, and the way you do that is you put your hands outstretched in front of your own chest yes. and walk towards them. Yeah, like like there's a spider web in the way, yes. <laughs> and it's dark. <laughs> That's what women like. <laughs> so, you know, as a, as a, for instance, can you empathize or relate to these examples? No, of the no, bad? but who knows how sad I'll become, you know? Mm. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to aim not to, but I just worry, I worry if that's a path for any, for any of us. It's just, it's, I'm sure Rob Schneider, when he was 30, wasn't like, I, think I, can't, Schneider, I can't wait to one day be the saddest man in the entire world. I don't think that was his goal, but I think that Rob Schneider at 30 is exactly the same guy as Rob Schneider at whatever age yeah, he was when he recorded this. Exactly. Like all of this material feels like it was lifted from that specific era in his life. And uh, how, it, hold on for a second. How old was he when he was at, famous? At the pinnacle. I think mid twenties. Movies like well, he said he's early thirties. How, how old does he say he is now? Uh, I think he's. We looked this up. He's like fifty-two, something yeah, like right. that. Right. So he'd be, be thirty doing um, Juice the animal, Juice Bigelow, Juice Bigelow yeah. and the hot chick, and uh, Juice Bigelow two, European Gigolo. European Gigolo. He's fifty-seven. Seven. Okay, so he's a look. I'm not yet. I'm not yet at my Juice Bigelow age. I'd I say. just <laughs> what Joe, is it? What, what will be Joseph Moore's Juice Bigelow? My 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 movie uh, Juice Bigelow the reboot, <laughs> <laughs> which I hope I Where, hope I hope will be my vehicle. <laughs> can you can you tell us a bit about the movie? What do you reckon will be? Are there any um, changes to the sort of core well, yeah, themes a, or setup? There's a different climate, isn't there? There right is now. That's um, right. Sex work has has a lot more kind of. Uh, as people talk about it with more nuance and yeah so our film will reflect that it'll be a gritty look at sex work um, as told through and, and the reason people get into sex work as well is not like Juice Bigelow did it to um, to help cover the costs of repairing a fish tank oh <laughs> <laughs> whereas often it's just like kind of hardship or supporting kids so that mine will be more like that wow so yeah. is it you've taken away a lot of the comedy, comedy elements <laughs> I, I, yeah, I didn't say it would be a comedy for a second. <laughs> I just thought if you're doing a Juice Bigelow reboot, you'd keep some of it. Yeah, guy, keep up. I think Joseph's reboot. The, well, the comedy was will be reboot. like the kind of natural human interactions, kind of, and the the warmth people get inside just from just from seeing themselves reflected on screen. Wow. It'll be mainly sex workers who find it funny. Will there be any? Uh, will you date any tall woman? Oh yeah, <laughs> there's still going to be a big giant woman, and, and there's still going to be uh, from the sequel. But we're putting it into the first one. There's still going to be a woman with a penis for a nose. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, is that in the first one? In the second one, is he, it? he meets a woman with, and with a penis for a nose. Yes. I'd, okay. That, I mean, that is so far from what we're watching now in a stand-up, which is pretty much 40 minutes of him gaslighting his wife and entire family to an audience of paying fans. Yeah, that's fucking wild, eh? And then, and then brings his wife out on stage and goes, here she is. Here's the horrible yeah. uh, burden on my before, life who wants, who wants to leave me. Before he brings his wife out, he's also um, talked a lot about his daughters and then out of the blue after 40 minutes brings out a third to this moment unmentioned daughter <laughs> famous soul singer Al King that, that, that is truly one of the most astounding I didn't know it was coming the first time yeah. and like I did I, I, would that I were drinking a, sp- a spit take <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you you're a, you're a big music person you're a musical and a comedian Schneider fan <laughs> yeah Schneider head <laughs> and I, um, so you know about Al King like we had no idea this woman existed yeah, or her um, career or anything but. I'm one of the um, 
uh, all the king's horses we call ourselves the, <laughs> <laughs> the fan group <laughs> uh, no I know I, I know of of El King I know yeah. the song X's and O's so it must have been fucking crazy for her to but, yeah, and a new Jewish night. There was like a fun. There was a fun tidbit I have that now I assume the world knows, um, as the world have all watched the special. <laughs> yeah, it seems crazy to me as well that there is some attempts at structure in the special. He like tries to do some callback jokes, for example, where you set something up and then you remind people you've said it, and a comedy audience fucking love that shit. At no, the easiest trick. At no point does he mention his eldest. And it would be such an easy thing to just put a story in about her somewhere in amongst all the know, other kids' the, stories. The and is, then she walks out at the end and sings a song with him. As, what a button on a gag. As Joseph so brilliantly noticed, though, a lot of this material is Rob Schneider having noticed stuff 24 hours before he <laughs> remembered he had to tape a special. <laughs> and so the sample size that he's drawing material from is literally only that 24 hours. There's so many observations in it that feel like he's yeah just recently decided that he has to start observing his family <laughs> because he has the special coming up like he stretches five minutes out of like, a son telling him about a dream or this kid telling him about a yeah, dream yeah and and a lot, not a particularly good dream absolutely not <laughs> but it, like it, it, yeah. it was that morning he's like god i, I need something else and as it currently stands i'm bringing el king out at 22 minutes <laughs> I need to stretch this into a yeah. good 37 and then he remembered, for my hour-long Netflix special. <laughs> and he also remembered that he had a, a bevy of accent work up his sleeve. He just knows, he doesn't know what the material is, but he knows if he gets into the oh, accent work chunk, and, and he can pad for I'll, a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm certain that that was not, he didn't plan to do the accent. <laughs> <laughs> he did one joke in an accent and it hit better than anything. Well, the good thing about Rob Schneider is he may not have been paying attention to his family, but he has been paying close attention to the Asian American community <laughs> through his life and has a well of observations to draw upon. Oh, yes. Chinese, example, Chinese restaurants and Korean whorehouses, I believe, are the two targets. And, and Asian, targets. Asian Americans but, uh, not constituting any of the homeless population of America. That's right. Those are the famous Rob Schneider Asian American facts that he spins into several hilarious bits he also misses an opportunity for a callback on his uh, his iconic Korean whorehouse material because at one point when he's doing that joke he says this is the room where you suck your own dick which I would argue stripped of the context that he specifically sets up to deliver that line is a funny sentence it's, it's a, a funny idea it's a that funny you go bumper to a, sticker you go to, like it's funny to go to a room to do a thing which is in my experience very difficult, if not impossible, to do. <laughs> that you can easily do in your own house. Yeah, that's right. You would not have to venture to a whorehouse, Korean or otherwise. <laughs> exactly. And so it's funny. And then at the end, when he does his big iconic closer, which is, of course, uh, making a Sunday out of his dick group. because his wife doesn't want to fuck him. And he's in the kitchen, and he's describing an ice cream sundae as though it's like the cleverest, most rapturous thing. And then at the end of it, his wife comes in and finally sort of says, uh, acquiescence, I, okay, fine, I, I guess I should try out the Sunday you've made. And he says, no, no, you've got to make your own. And then he should say, what is this? A Korean whorehouse, huge, huge, huge shoots of applause come yeah. up from the audience. But instead of sort of just Thanks, tapers. everybody. That's my time. <laughs> 36 minute mark. Thanks, everybody. By the, the way, like, I have no, another no. daughter. <laughs> my only non-Mexican kid. <laughs> Joe, what would have to, like, what would have to go wrong at a minimum in your life for you to go from this, where you are right now, to Rob Schneider at 57? Um, with these opinions and okay. this take on the world. 
I've been, I've been recently engaged, as you know. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so that would have to be called off pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, to, to start the downward trajectory. <laughs> I think later, though. Like, day of. Sort day of. Thing. I, maybe he's, if, he's had three divorces, let's bear in mind. So there's, lots, there's lots of... T- no, Rob Schneider. Oh, right, right, right. So, so there's yeah, lots I've, I've of time. No, I've, to this date, no divorces. There you go. I also feel like that the failure of your gritty Juice Bigelow reboot at the box office <laughs> might go some way to deteriorating your mental health to a point that... This it. So, so day of, Laura decides, no way, I'm out. Yeah. I hate this, and I hate I, you. I, I hate, you, sp- you don't spend any time with me. You're upstairs writing your Juice Bigelow reboot. <laughs> no, but... I, no, because you've refused to cast me in. I think that's the project that you do to get yourself out of the funk. Right. You right. pick that up to be like, I need something to, to more me in this do- It's a documentary. <laughs> and then... Yeah, I go, um, I, what I do is I go, uh, method. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And to fund the picture, be- uh, become a, a, a male jiggle. And anticipating only dates yeah. comically unattractive. Woman. Anticipating the success of this dra- this fictional drama, you preemptively <laughs> film a behind the scenes documentary about your method acting. Do you know what the documentary funny? becomes a viral success uh, <laughs> with me as the laughing stock of it all? Male gigolo is a tautology, and male is only there to meet the rhythm requirements <laughs> of the title of the film. Of course, here in New Zealand, if it got released on Netflix, it would be called Juice Bigolo. Male sex worker. <laughs> I, think, I think internationally, that's what we'll go with. <laughs> to, to show that I, I use uh, respectful language yeah. in this film. To cajole some of the libs into the, <laughs> into the cinema. Mate, go woke, go broke. Cause you know. <laughs> did, you, did you have any standout bits, Joe? Like, are there any, are there any jokes or stories Look, that Rob Towers you love? It, I don't want to be the guy going on the podcast um, talking shop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this isn't P- Pete Holmes. You made it weird, but uh, we do a lot of it. Okay, so so here's a cr- here's one of my crazy theories about crafting comedy is uh, you should always get bigger as the joke progresses. Uh, you should start with the, your smallest laugh and end with your biggest laugh. Okay, uh, and if you're going for shock value, you should always increase the shock value. And when it gets as high as it can, say I don't know nine eleven, uh, then you pull out of the joke and move on to another one. Rob Schneider. <laughs> Drops a 9-11 gag <laughs> about one minute into a seven-minute bit. <laughs> it's, so the, 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 for those who listen to the podcast and aren't watching the special, I don't know who, who in their right mind. but uh, <laughs> yeah, Most people. <laughs> so the bit, he's talking about how um, Chinese restaurants will uh, don't care about holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, Christmas, they all say, fuck Jesus. Fuck <laughs> Jesus while flipping the bird with both hands to Jesus And then Christ. he starts saying they'll even um, celebrate uh, things that aren't holidays just to stay open. I don't, there's not really they, the, much the the logic. Thing, the, the bridge between <laughs> pulling the fingers at Jesus and getting to 9-11 is uh, when President Ken- Kennedy got assassinated. <laughs> It's like there's a special in between those two where it's like a president assassination special. Oh my God, you're right. The two for one president assassination <laughs> his, special. His idea of what generates specials in Chinese restaurants is Christmas. So they're, they're open in spite of everyone else being closed. And One of the most beloved American presidents being shot in the head also, dead. That suggests- and then 9-11, their greatest terrorist attack Chris, on Christmas, home soil. Christmas, that's an observation that works because quite often a Chinese restaurant will be open on Christmas. In spite whereas, of everyone else being Whereas others aren't. Yeah. But everyone else doesn't close on 9-11. <laughs> or when JFK got assassinated. <laughs> so he builds this hilarious... Yeah. This, yeah. So he's just 9-11... 
nine types of soup, 11 types of noodles. I nine think. types of meat. So nine Do types of meat. justice to that. Come on. <laughs> nine eleven special, nine types of meat, 11 types of noodles. Ha 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 ha. can I ask a favour? Yeah. Can, can you... Can you- <laughs> Can you say noodle like this uh, is no, noodle? No, I just won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of the people who've watched it. Uh, and that's bomb. I don't, I don't know. Maybe America's listening will... I've, I, I actually said as we were watching it that even if I was a diehard Rob Schneider <laughs> fan and had bought tickets to watch this taping, yeah. I would be confused at how I feel yeah, at this lived, point in the special. Especially for like... You've, or you've lived in New York, guy. Would you, was that a often brought up topic in comedy nights? I know it's like yeah, a, a fun... Uh, no, 9-11 nine, is like their 9-11. <laughs> I know it's, it's often an easy punchline that people like doing. They reach for, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the, the low-hanging fruit. And we, I had one in a, in a comedy show I did. And we, we did it in Edinburgh. They loved it. <laughs> but I, I reckon I'd pull it out of the show. For the, I don't for think... The yeah, it, just, it just seems odd that in Utah you're pulling out like your this shock value material. These are like, you know... Mormons. Well, also true blue Americans. Oh, like right. We looked up the... No, this is the most... Um, the second least diverse state. Uh, the ninth least diverse. But oh, still, the ninth probably, least diverse. It's still pretty underverse. Like 90% 50, white population. Yeah. These are people who... Yeah. Th- this stuff would like be uh, hitting them in the... <laughs> bloody right in the chops. <laughs> Literally, Mitt Romney and his family. I wonder if Mitt Romney went to the gig. <laughs> <laughs> the Romney, God, the Romney clan. Yeah. And their favourite comedian. I reckon I get a real kick out of it. Schneider's sitting backstage. Uh, he's like getting ready to go on. He's um, doing his accents in the mirror. And then his uh, producer comes in and he's like, I don't want to alarm you, but um, Mitt Romney's just shown up and requested five tickets for him and his family. Uh, do we let him in? He's like... <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> and Let's it changes do it. For it. Matt. I, I remember I did a comedy gig and I went on Twitter before the show and I saw that Lord, the singer, was in the crowd. Someone wow. who tweeted that. New like, Zealand's Mitt Romney. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but it cha- even though she was like a 17 year old girl at the time, I was in, I like stressed out. I was like, this has to go well. It's yeah. like in case Lord tells Taylor Swift <laughs> about this gig she went to. And um, it really ruined me. So I, I bet Rob Schneider went through some. I was in that gig. I thought you did a great performance. Oh, you you. And Lord did the same, right? She, she told people that you were awesome. I, I, I rewrote a bit where I did a little song. I did a little song in the show. And I was like, I know it's not up to scratch and Lord won't be happy. So I, <laughs> and and to, I, then I kept the change version for the rest of the season. So well, there's a awesome. little tip for the, the, you know, the at-home comedians is right as though Lord is in the audience. You know, all of your jokes up to the standard of if Lord live, is in the audience. Live as if Lord is watching. So do you reckon right. when Schneider was told Romney was showing up plus four? Um, what, what, are the, what are the ad? What was the last minute Romney addition to his show? Uh, there's, I mean, there's so many Al great- Kang. He was. He's got at age fifty-seven. He's got enough self-awareness to be like, I cannot do thirty-seven minutes of railing on my wife and Asian Americans for a former presidential candidate. I need something, something and wholesome, he, and all, an so, all-American story, like reconciling exactly. family. So he brings up his very estranged daughter, Al King, who is currently on tour in LA, and he says, Al. I know that we've had our differences. I know that the riff generated by me deciding to marry a woman less than two years older than you has created distance between us on top of our already tumultuous relationship. But I really 
need you to do this for me. <laughs> and begrudgingly, she gets on a plane because she's a decent person who respects the institution of family and helps out her dad, Rob Schneider, who then takes it too far. And if you watch the special, you will see this, embraces her and forces this big kiss on her that she doesn't want. Clearly, they're not there yet. I would, yeah. Well, I think the reason that there's that little bit of tension there is because when Al King was on the plane, Rob Schneider was like, "Mitt Romney's into politics. I'll do my political material, <laughs> the JFK two-point assassination <laughs> bit, and my 9/11 meat and noodles." And text Al saying, "Don't worry about it. I've got this." And then she said, "I've just landed." He said, "Well, you might as well come then." <laughs> and so there's still this incredible unresolved. And he got way, it, he took it both ways. The show's running through. Three hours behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rodney's sitting in the crowd on his second ice cream. <laughs> this, this, this thing better start soon. No, no because it's. <laughs> Because it's Mitt Romney just politely remaining in his seat. No, no, kids, I'm sure the show's about to begin. He's a nice guy. I watch Mitt. He's a decent human, I think. Which do you think of the Sandlerverse? Which of the guys would have opened for Schneider? Who would you send out? David yeah. Spade. Open it? No it's way. It's so crazy. It's crazy. What do you mean? Who's, who's the guy that... He, he's like a kind of a buff dude? Swartzen. Nah, nah. Like a, he's like a buff dude. Uh, Dante? Peter Dante? Quite, yeah, I think that sounds more like Peter him. Dante's a little stick of dynamite who's quite muscly, but yeah, kind of not tall. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think he opened for him. <laughs> he's, he does a lot of weed material, eh? Peter Dante's he's big, a big into he's, weed. He's, a, uh, yeah, he's, he's shown up on TMZ a few times. If you if you look up Peter Dante on YouTube, you, you have yourself a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, he's quite a relaxed... There's a lot of videos relaxed, of him. But there's yeah, also that's true. Reports of him not being very I, relaxed. He's... he's do you know what he strikes me as? This might not land for a lot of people, but those who do. <laughs> but I'm going to say it. He's a Venice Beach character, Peter Dante. He he's is. very tanned. He's very muscly. He's very, like, chill, but actually not chill at all. Yeah, yeah. And there's a sense of danger about him that is behind a veneer of friendliness and openness, which I think is, like, most people you see on Venice Beach. I think the, the analogy California. holds. It's good. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Speaking of the sort of extended Sandlerverse and uh, Rob Schneider materials, um, you brought up because we we obviously we've, we're Rob Schneider stands. You could say we've studied a lot of his work, but you brought up a film that neither of us have seen. Oh yeah, a uh, Big Stan. I've not seen Big Stan. I didn't even oh, yeah. know of Big Stan until you brought it up. Yeah, you like I don't I don't want to tell you how to run a run a podcast, <laughs> but your next podcast has to be watching Big Stan. Uh, for the length of time of his prison sentence in the movie <laughs> Life. <laughs> What's the uh, synopsis? Okay, so on this one? Um, do you have a, a cell phone available? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's hard to like say it. Basically, Rob Schneider goes to prison and he's he's worried about his trip to prison um, for the traditional quite, Rob Schneider comedy reasons. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand seven. Yeah. <clears throat> um, one year before the global financial crash. Coincidence. Uh, um, so Wikipedia probably right yeah yeah I'd say so 
oh, didn't do well at the box. Oh, yeah, what eight, little, eight point seven. But then the budget probably wasn't crazy, eh? <laughs> oh, budget was seven and a half. So yeah, it wasn't. It, it broke even. Oh yeah, you're earning a million dollars. You know, it's not to sneeze at. <laughs> well, oh my god. Oh, okay. Maybe I should read this bit before <laughs> the plot. Although released in some markets during the fall of 08, it was released straight to DVD in the US on March 24th, 2009. It debuted at number 17 on DVD rental charts <laughs> of the week of March 23rd, 2009. Don't include that. Get that off on, the Wikipedia. It doesn't have to be there. It's the, too embarrassing. On the radio show Loveline, Schneider stated that this film is an Anti-man raping film. <laughs> oh my fuck! Referring to this is why I don't go into the plot. Okay, Stan Milton. <laughs> oh god, is a rich real estate con artist who is married to Mindy. One day, Stan is arrested for conning elderly people out of their savings, which he tries to do to Mrs. Darby. His lawyer Maul does all he can to defend him at trial. Upon being found guilty by the jury and sentenced to three years in prison while being given six months by Judge Perry. Sorry, not life. Um, to get his affairs in order. Oh, he gets six months to get his affairs. That's not a standard. Judges don't let you do that. <laughs> You'll go to prison for three years, but we'll do it in six months. Um, to get his affairs in order, Stan panics. Stan panics and fear of jailhouse rape leads him to hire the mysterious guru known as the can master. I, can I just say that whenever the star of the film is going around on the morning radio interview circuit and explicitly saying that this film is an anti-man raping. Anti, that's anti-stance. It's like this is the real hot chilly stuff. It's... It's so bad. Anyway, so he never really goes to jail. He never really goes to jail. It's just him prepping well, to not be assaulted. The master, uh, the master so the- is portrayed by David Carradine, who didn't he die under quite tragic circumstances? Yes. And he is the martial arts expert that Stan is taking <laughs> tutorship from. Okay, so um, this when this movie came out on DVD debuting at number seventeen on the charts I for was, that week. For that week, I was <laughs> I was working at a DVD store <laughs> that, that you may um, remember. Called the CD and DVD store. R.I.P. Yeah, great that? store. Beautiful chain, yeah. So I was working at that. I, and liked, the, I liked them better than Sounds. Yeah, Sounds with the rubbish, We hated those, yeah. Uh, we work at so the New Market Mall, and a very a very old woman, uh, I'd say like 75. <laughs> can you imagine anything older? I don't, <laughs> I don't think you can. Came, came into the store, and she asked me if we had a movie called Big Stan. <laughs> <laughs> and I was pretty surprised by this request. And so was, you knew what this movie yeah, was? Yeah I, yeah, I hadn't seen it at this stage. Yeah. Um, and I said, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it in the shop. And I looked it up and it had not. It was not in print in New Zealand. No one had thought to release it on DVD. And this is like pre-Amazon, like whatever, pre-lot a lot of those things that made getting overseas movies very easy like it is now. Hmm. But we had a system. It, she could get it on a Region 1... Uh, oh, DVD. NTSC. I could import it for her mm-hmm. at a cost, getting the the import fees, blah, 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 at a cost of around 80 to 90 New Zealand dollars. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's like, like 50 US dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For, for the movie Big Stand. <laughs> in 2000. And, and only on very specific DVD players yeah. could you play it in yeah, this yeah, country. Yeah, like, Tor- like torrenting was a thing there. Like, there were, there yeah. were probably ways. I probably could have she's, burnt it. She's as old as time it. itself. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, so I, I told her one that. foot in the grave, and and I was like, you got, but you, you, you 
there's a good chance your DVD player won't be able to play this. And she was like, I'll take the risk. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it took about, like, I'd say a month to two months to arrive. And and we got quite a few phone calls from the lady being like, it's big stand here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I, I, God, I must, I've got to find out who she is. I don't know. It's a shame this woman is almost definitely dead now. Because <laughs> otherwise it would be such a treat to have yeah. her on the podcast. <laughs> would, if she were alive now, she'd be... 84. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine it? <laughs> I literally can't. What life has this woman led? It's also interesting if you know something about Newmarket, because, like, this is an interesting clientele. It's a very rich area of Auckland. It's very affluent. It's in our recent election where the, the left wing party swept the nation. It was the only. Centre left. Centre left. Yeah, thank you, Tim. It was the only the only uh, electorate that didn't vote party vote uh, Labour. Oh, my God, in, really? In the entire country, yeah. Holy shit. So it's like the Orange County, you know, it's the, yeah. It's I the guess outline. after they, you know, we met up for their weekly movie club of Big Stan, they must all have a good time <laughs> talking <laughs> politics, <laughs> making sure that everyone in the community is on the Do same we, page. Well, we they, we they, need to talk about what's going on in Newmarket, yeah, you yeah. know? That's, that, that's why they, they bought up all the houses. They have to stay rich so they can keep buying $90 Big <laughs> Schneider's next special. And the first thing I'll do when I earn a million. <laughs> Head on down to the CD and DVD store. In spite of how garbage this special um, is, it's 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 been so uh, good to watch it in person with people, eh? Because I've, yeah. I've done a lot of these episodes of just me at that computer right there by myself having to interface with Rob Schneider, mano e mano, <laughs> and it gets fucking grim. Mm. Really grim. Mm. This was fun. What's though. the most grim part of the show for you? It was the watches. Um, but then it was getting really angry at Guy, and it's weird for me to say this now, recounting because this is going to be episode three. So then it's going to like jump back into the series. But like, I got very angry at Guy, which was not. Um, and I said this out loud: not his fault, not like deserved, but. Well, one of them was his insistence to continually reminding me why the title was what it was. What but, is the title? No. <laughs> and the the other component of it was just just misplaced um, ill feeling at having to do it all the time. It, I, I think it's uh, you're honouring the structure of the show itself by plonking this episode third. Yeah. Mm. I think it. Uh, the, the show is... The um, Asian mom of Mexican kids is completely formless. Uh, <laughs> this is a response to the work <laughs> itself. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, it's a great, it's a great special. Can, can I bring up the spicy meatball that we said while this was on? And this might be an indictment on all of us. That it, I'll, I'll own this. I said this. This was my opinion. Um, quite a tragedy that Trump was accidentally imbued with so much power because we were watching this special going, man, there's a lot of um, both material choices and, and rhythm uh, and delivery style that mimics Donald J. Trump style of public speaking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's formless, right? It's yeah. formless and it's re- repetitious. There's, there's sort of a beat poetry element to what he decides uh, to double the, down the, on. The, and the, it's very offensive. And he's happiest when going off script. That's right. The, the Especially at is, the expense of a ethnicity or culture <laughs> of people. But the bits where he's most clearly enjoying himself are the bits where he realises he's, he's stumbled into a little trick or something and he can keep repeating it. About a minority. Ideally. Yeah. And, that's, and that's why I stand by my theory that he wasn't supposed to be doing any of the accent work <laughs> he just <laughs> until he got there in the room. But it was it was kind of like seeing a little slither of what it would be like to see Donald Trump do stand-up. And, and, and I think that um, 
Trump would have been. He's like got undeniable comic chops. Trump. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. what it's a lot of his success is down it's to. Because he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care who uh, about anyone else. So he's he can cut absolutely sick. He loves himself and he cares about nothing else. And Schneider's got it to an extent where he's willing to throw every um, one around him under the bus for the service of himself and his his special. But but he also hates himself. Yeah, well, I think so. Schneider, Trump, if Trump hated himself, but I, th- I think Trump hate. I think they both hate themselves. It's just how deep you need to go to find that truth. You don't get to be Trump uh, if you are like well adjusted and love yourself. All of this to say, though, that you think it's a shame the presidency essentially robbed us of Donald Trump, the comedian, the stand-up comedian, who I think would have been sensationally funny. It's a novelty like, would have been curious. Maybe that's all I'm into. I don't. Yeah. It's hard to tease out the but two things because of the amount of power and the impact he's had. Purely the performative elements of it, just as a as a as a craft display. I think Donald Trump would be a, a really good stand-up comedian. His material would probably be terrible. I, I imagine him as a guy who would host really uh, like rowdy open mic nights, and if you. Even if you, a yeah. good comedian came and did did it, and they did really badly, he'd be like, "That comedian ain't shit." Like, if you can't handle the terrible audience he builds <laughs> and encourages to be awful, yeah, yeah, then you're a dog shit comedian. Absolutely. And like, he, but he can assail it because he cares about well, he built, yeah, yeah. nothing. He's one of those like old dogs that everyone in the club scene like respects. Um, yeah, because he, he's been so shit at comedy, but like battled through it to have a yeah, career for so long. But like, can't doesn't get TV work or anything. No, yeah, and, and, and would absolutely you know cock it if he if he. Represents everyone who has. <laughs> He's an icon. But do you think that like Schneider is is Trumpian? Oh yeah, I mean I think the, a lot of the patterers and like the the way that they talk. I, if you like, if you imagined Trump's cadence on a lot of these things, it would not seem remarkable. Like it's sort of like the it's the watching it as Rob Schneider. It's interesting because you're watching it as, as as if it's comedy. But like if if you if it was all of that exact script was in Donald Trump's voice, you'd be able to tune it out in the background and just come in yeah, and out of these insane rhythms. Yeah. You could put a lot of that show into like a men's rights yeah. like, uh, yes. keynote speech. Yes. Um, and, just, and just remove the laughs. And just be to, all, you, all could call, you could call the special men's rights keynote speech. <laughs> it could, it's so short as well. If you remove Al King, then it could be the keynote at a, an, an imagine, MRA. Imagine, though, if he um, did... Was doing the keynote speech at a men's rights event and still brought out El King. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a gotcha. He's like, guys, respect your daughters, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would actually be perfect. Like the perfect insulation against. Uh, he'd think he's he's gotten away with it, you know. I think the saddest bit in the show is the big bit about how his wife has wanted to divorce him his mm. entire marriage. It never really has a punchline. No, it's just he goes. I told her that after three years, you'll enjoy this. And then three years passes, and she says, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this. And I said, no, it's five years. And then five years passes. and His punchline to that bit as well is, hey, wife, have you ever considered the fact 
that I'm the best thing that could happen yeah. to you and in be, a partner. And before he says it, he says, do you not realize that all of the problems you're bringing here are your pro- These problems that you have specifically identified in the time we've been together are your problems. Pony up. I'm your Prince Charming. I'm your Prince Charming is his, his articulation of it. And then he kind of like is is um, talking about how if it was anyone else, this could be going so much worse. So you should stick with me, which was the point where Guy Montgomery said out loud, he is gaslighting. <laughs> his wife in front of an audience <laughs> yeah was El King li- I reckon she wasn't listening to the show I reckon she couldn't I don't think that the pi- I don't think him her or the pianist <laughs> <laughs> I don't think would have walked out with quite the same the gusto pianist, the, the pianist who's of a- Asian descent I'm going to get his know, name he's Japanese he's a Japanese pianist Japanese American pianist at least <laughs> Schneider spares the Japanese in his, in his takedown oh, of Asian America do you reckon he had to scrape a bit <laughs> it, it doesn't make it any more palatable it was oh, the piano, no, like, no no not at all but yeah, uh, but yeah so it, the, right after the Korean whorehouse bit <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny sentence he finishes his Korean whorehouse bit to, to um, rampant applause and then he goes, ladies from and gentlemen. From all of us in the room. <laughs> one, of the, one of the instances where we tried to initiate applause at the at the show by doing it in the room. And then he, he brings out his pianist, a Japanese guy. And like, you can't help but go, is this in relation to the Korean <laughs> whorehouse? It's not though. It's, it's just yeah. to underscore his hey, musings on Me Too. You want to know something weird? I just, I just Googled Rob Schneider pianist and it came up with Rob Schneider's Wikipedia page. Do most comedians have political party listed on their wikis. It's, he's an independent, isn't he? He's a, according to this, he's a Republican, which is actually... He's endorsed Trump, right? Me. In the no. Read it! Surely. Have you, you, you not read this? No, I've not read this. Read it, find out. Okay, well, open it up. But I w- what I was trying to do, which someone should really do, is get um, the name. We mentioned it in other episodes of the... Very good classical piano. Yeah, it's doing a brings. beautiful job. Bit of kind of bit of jazz, jazz infused classical. Yeah. How much do you think he got paid, Joseph? Because we toy around with okay. this uh, question. That's a really that is a really good question. Um, Netflix. Oh, pay, I mean the well. pianist, but at least do the whole. No, 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 no. I think, but they'll have a solid budget for the show. I know Netflix just you know give everyone lots of money. Um, everyone, even the subscribers, <laughs> you get a little, <laughs> uh, little Christmas bonus. <laughs> um, I reckon the pianist got paid three thousand US dollars. Wow, not worth it. That's south of what I thought. Really? Yeah, I thought between sort of eight to ten. I think you'd get a. Oh yeah, maybe there's a, a bit lot more. of taxes and stuff as well in the state. Like there's I a think lot after of tax, after tax, after tax. You reckon after he's got Utah after- a tax haven? Why so. did they film in? Why did they film in Utah? Because it was, was oh, you figured it out. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. So Utah is yeah, not a very diverse uh, state. Uh, it's five percent Asian and uh, I think twelve percent Hispanic was the stats I got. That's just me remembering. I could be a bit off there. Um, if you compare that to California, where Rob lives with his Asian uh, mama and Mexican kids, <laughs> that's a place with a uh, really large Asian and uh, Mexican population. Yeah. Why didn't he want to do the jokes for those people? Because he knew, <laughs> he knew, <laughs> he knew and they would not like them. That's the amazing thing that he seems to have a level of self awareness to know that what he's doing is kind of off or wrong. But he'll find the white, the tiny <laughs> slither of America where it's like, nah, I can fucking smash I it. You I do not think that that slither of America is specifically tiny. I think it probably runs quite fat through the middle of America. Yeah, ge- geographically, but population wise, however many people voted. 
what Republican? Oh, well, it's not specifically. Just because you Utah because California had COVID me, restrictions. Let <laughs> me stand up for the GOP, the party of Abraham Lincoln. Just because you voted Republican <laughs> doesn't mean that you are as antagonistic as robbers to all women in your life and to ethnic minorities in the state that you're in. Not exactly. But you might find it funny. So interestingly, uh, I've, I've gone onto the political views part of Schneider's wiki. So in two, he was a lifelong Democrat until 2013 where he switched parties. Yeah, it's Ob- Obama. He did, oh, no, <laughs> you're right. It was he was like, response. this Obama is too much. He, he was like, one I'll do. That second term, no, it's too many. It's too much. Again, this is what I'm worried about. This is what we can all turn into, boys. He said the state of... <laughs> we don't, the not state, if your film career goes as planned. The state of California is a mess, and the supermajority of Democrats is not working. And then uh, the Wikipedia swiftly goes on to Rob Schneider's anti-vaccination <laughs> activism, uh, beginning thusly. Schneider has been an outspoken critic of childhood vaccinations claiming they cause autism yes yeah i think that's quite enough of time we've made for rob schneider's political views on the podcast you could well be right uh and we've probably uh covered covered i mean we're going to be covering this four more times about two months ago so thank you so much to joseph for rejoining us for this episode it's been a treat can i i'd like to say something to rob schneider's wife um patricia yeah uh so schneider says you want to divorce him, but you're you're too afraid. And to to you, Patricia, I say, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Joseph Moore. How can people find you online? Uh, at Joseph Moore One on Twitter, I tweet up to twice a week. Great. Nice. And you deleted Instagram. Yeah, man. I'm free, baby. That's so baller. Do you have, I, a, web- I do you have to- a website? No. <laughs> I used to cool. love your Instagram. I think I've told you multiple times. Uh, One of my faves. Well, uh, let's say this then. If you ever get the opportunity where you are to see Two Hearts, which is the um, musical comedy act that Joseph comprises half of with his now fiance Laura Daniel, you you fucking gotta go. Oh, we'd love to. We'd love to have you there. The productions are so big and beautiful, and they are so funny. Um, Guy, you want to say anything? You no. say anything about me? No. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.